What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Creator Clubhouse podcast. We are freshly back from a nice little LA trip. DJ with Jaunt Vieira. What's up, guys? What's up? Vieira didn't go. I didn't go. Yeah, and I'm didn't. so happy about it. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> what do you hate, LA? No, I just. She just. I don't love I just, it. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Different strokes. So what were we do? What were we doing out in LA, DJ? Um, we were rooftop partying. We did a DJ set um, at the. I'm just kidding. We it were, looked we, fun. It, yeah, yeah. I'm like, we had a production. <laughs> we were out there partying. <laughs> yeah. No, we did it. We did a production um, for one of our clients out there. Yeah. Yeah. Full scale video production. Solid. Super solid production. It's a good one. It was quick, but it was good. It'll be our first spot that airs in Times Square. Which Times is Square, here we come, exciting. New York City. Yeah, that's like a big. That's uh, cool. That's a big. Some of the dudes we were talking. I was talking with some of the crew when we were out in the car. Yeah, and uh, they were like, "We've had stuff at like you know here on this network, blah blah blah." But um, two, one of the guys had a thing on Times Square, but the other two had not. So they were like, "This is a milestone." And yeah. one of the guys was like, "I might just fly out just to just to." See the spot. Just to see Viewing it. party. Set mm-hmm. up a lawn chair and just sit and look. Just get a recliner out there. That's Why ex- not? It's exciting. <laughs> yeah. It is exciting. I think it's awesome. It's a milestone, you know? What was your favorite part about the trip to LA? Uh, <laughs> he's dying. I want, to, I want to make so many jokes. Make jokes. <laughs> Let's hear it. No, I can't. My fa- I, I loved the food. The food yeah. was great. Um, I like working on a bigger set and like a bigger production. Um, there's just some stuff that energy is hard to match. Um, like a lot of people in the same room who like really know what they're doing. Um, that was good. What else? What was your favorite part? I think my favorite part was the production was awesome. That went very well, but I guess my favorite moment out of the trip was when we were cruising back, uh, home that night and we had the top down and oh, we, were that just vibing. we were vibing and we had jazz we had the like we had the whole highway open to ourselves like which is super rare in la but yeah. uh how was it, it open did it was just empty it was late we rented traffic. it yeah, yeah. cool and this so, was like at the end of our, uh, this is at the end of the shoot day yeah. we had a convertible camaro top was down and we jazz were blasting, blasting fly me to the moon that's what it was oh, that's awesome. so it's like super normal and quiet and then the horns come in and it's like it's epic it, they come in so loud and it was like almost hurt my ears, but it also was like, it felt like a movie scene. It like, did feel like it, a movie scene. Dude, that's yeah. the best. Well, and what was funny is we went out to lunch with one of Prince's friends like the next day and he was like, man, that scene with the car looked really cool. Yeah. <laughs> he thought that the thing from the Instagram story was one of the scenes for the commercial. Like, that's just my life. I was like, that's just, that was just IG. So that was I'm the main character yeah. in my movie. Main character energy. We met a lot of interesting people. I think that's another one of my favorite things about going to LA is like just traveling there and being there. You meet people that are like just very interesting. Uh, one one standout for me was this guy who's the CEO of like a camera camera accessories company, whatever. And we we sit down by like a fire and we're just like talking and like going back and forth. And he's talking about diving and he's talking about captaining a boat and like being in the ocean. And we literally talked for like an hour and. Then he's like, what do you do? 
And I was like telling him why we were out there. We we're filming a production. And he's like, oh, yeah, like I'm the CEO of this company. And I was like, wait, what? I thought you were like a dive instructor. All he talked about was the ocean the whole time. He never actually talked about what he really did. And I was like, that's super cool that you can be in this like room full of people. And people aren't just like trying to network super hard or yeah. trying to like force their company or whatever down your throat. It's just like you have conversations and that's like a side part of like your their their identity is not their work, you know. Right. It's a, it's a good thing to be in a room of, of people like that. For sure. Mine, I think, was running into uh, Brittany. So she's a, an editor for like three major magazines. Uh, and so she was a super interesting random person to meet sitting at our, our bar in our hotel. Yeah. I was yeah. taking a nap. I didn't meet her, but... Yeah, it's just, I feel like there's always, like, we met a big a big movie producer on the plane on the way back, coming back to Boise, really and did. he was wild. He was definitely a did character. Did he buy a house here? He did. I had a guy. He grew up here, though. He went. He did high school, That's and then cool. he was a, a U of I grad. Um, But, like, there's just always, int- and then I, yeah, I met a guy from, who was on Dukes of Hazard in TSA while I was getting a proper pat down. <laughs> I heard about that. You got some thick thighs. Yeah. Yeah, the man told me I had thick thighs while making very intentional eye contact with me, which is always weird. So yeah. It happens to you thick boys. Happens to us. DJ, can we just do a little riff about how DJ's getting hit up by all the ladies right now? <laughs> I'm having a moment. And, and the men, apparently, <laughs> and in TSA. Yeah, I'm feeling very single, guys. It is so fun to watch him yeah. swat away these women. I'm learning. <laughs> They're like little gnats. To respectfully decline. I think that that's because it's not like when people shoot their shot, it's like you got to you got to respect that. Like for sure. Oh, for sure. No, I love it. I honestly love the confidence. Yeah, I do, too. I don't have that. I literally Me could either. never if I actually like somebody. I would probably I just them. leave. I walk they out would of the have room. No I'm idea. like, oh, I And that's where I'm like, <laughs> I respect the hell out of people that actually come up and like say stuff and will like engage because I'm like, I couldn't do that. Like I just act weird. And that's just my like go to. Like if if I actually like someone, they would never know. Do you wanna just <clears throat> I'm gonna put you on the spot. Do you wanna just do you have a crush? Do you wanna call I, it out right now? Um, I don't have a crush right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe you. I really don't. I know. I got I got nothing. I've been way too busy, honestly, to even think about that. He's been planning a fiesta party for his son. <sighs> got a little kid's birthday party. We had this massive shoot, and it was like a lot of back and forth. And then, yeah, I've, I've just been on the go, you know? Don't got time for... Yep. Yeah, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep, got, got the eyes on the and prize. And one day, you'll be running, and you'll look to your right or to your left, and there's they'll someone, be running right beside you. running right beside me. So what do we want to chat about today? <laughs> <laughs> People uh, need to hear that. Yeah. It's a, okay. I think something that I've been getting a lot of questions about is people who are like photographers. They're either they're starting out or they've been doing it for a while. Um, Photographers or like creatives or whatever. And they're really curious about breaking into the industry or like getting on. Like a lot of times when we go on sets like this or do these kinds of shoots, people will be like, oh my gosh, like how did you get from like Boise to like this place? Or how are you doing this kind of work? Like where you're at. Right. And I hear that. I hear those questions all the time. And people are like, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And that to me is like, it kind of frustrates me a little bit because I'm like, don't wish. Because you like, can just do it. You can just do it. Well, especially because I think a lot of people watching these things, they want to come in 
in a specific role, right? Not understanding that's not necessarily how the industry works unless you're talented. So if you're not bringing uh, talent and something special to the table, then then good luck. And perfect example, we're on the plane ride home and we're sitting next to a, a, a movie, a Hollywood movie producer. And he's talking about how he got his start in the industry. And he basically was, he was a PA. He was getting coffee. Uh, he was just doing grunt work, yep. you know? And I mean, and that's the reality for most yep. people's like to, to get in any industry. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, like just put yourself in play, get in there, realize you're not going to be, it's not going to be sexy. Yep. Well, um, and with this specific, uh, shoot that we did, there were two, two types of people on set. So like if you're on a set or if you're around people that have things going on, this is, this is a pro tip. Like don't talk people's ear off. And don't like try and network super hard and like connect Keep super hard with people. Yeah. Keep it chill. Be cool because that like, especially when you're like, I had, I had a million things going on on this set. I'm like, okay, I need to make sure this computer's this and this thing's this and this thing's this. And like, there was one person in particular, not, not, a, not like a crew member or anything like that, but it was just like somebody who just like really wanted to talk and connect. And they're like, oh, what's your social? What's this? And like, we need to talk about this and that. And I'm like totally get it and i i wanted to talk with him like he was a really cool dude but i'm like i have things going on and like i can't just be sitting here having a conversation and like miss a cue or like not be helpful somewhere i need to be helpful i see a lot of people do that on set and they're like they get on a set and they're like oh my gosh i need to talk to the director i need to talk to the dp and they try and take like all their time um something that i did as like a pa so i started paing on on sets but i would Play the music. Hold on, explain what a PA yeah. is real quick. A PA is just like know. an assistant on set. So you're like, one of the things that I had to do was like pay people's parking. So like we'd be doing shoots in like downtown Hollywood and there's like 10 people with cars and I literally would walk around every hour and just swipe a card and pay their parking so that everyone was good for the whole day. Yep. I would also pick up coffee. Yep. I, I drove box trucks. That was another thing that I did. Um, so I would go pick up gear from rental houses and like th- these are all things that you might do as a PA. So I was a PA and I also controlled the music on set. And so I had all these playlists that I had. I had like these dad jams playlists, DJ's whatever. DJ's favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> so I would play these playlists and like everyone. He almost, hold on. He almost stayed a PA forever just because he could. <laughs> just cause he could. <laughs> you can still control the music <laughs> later on. But like I started getting requested specific. They were like, can we hire the guy with the cool playlist? And like people didn't even know like what my job was on set, but they knew that I had a playlist and they knew the vibes were good when, when. I was on set. And so then I got like a little bit better job, a little bit better job. And then, and then I got hired as like a production manager, which is like a much better job than a PA. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was just like, my thing is like, I like to have a Describe good time. What a pro- Hold on. Yeah, yeah. All these terms for those that aren't, you know, doing <laughs> this type of filmmaking. Yeah. What's a production manager? Production managers like in charge of every detail on set. So they're like organizing all of the, all of the crew, uh, making sure things are on time. It, it's similar to like an assistant director. Um, but you're not so much focused on picture as a production manager. It's really like all production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was also an assistant director on a movie set, which was on like a full, this was on Zach's movie, um, which was wild. And I definitely was not ready for the, a position like that. Um, at but that you, time in but my you life, were. but I held, I held it down. Yeah. Part of that. Like, but here's the thing that I think a lot of people don't like think about is like whatever role you're in, like, everything's your responsibility. And like for me as the assistant director on this movie, like I drove the RVs, I made sure they were charged up like the 
stuff was dumped. Like I made sure all the foot, like almost everything that was like happening on the set was like my responsibility or at least making sure people were doing their jobs. And it was so much outside of actually like technical movie and film skills. It was all like hard. It was like people driving skills. an RV, keeping people alive, like right. making sure they didn't burn the house down, following DJ the rules can drive of the an Airbnb. RV. I'll tell you that. I love driving, honestly. He can really yeah. rip around a cruise America. <laughs> yeah, box truck too. I used to take these pictures in the box truck because like in LA, there's like tiny alleyways and like little stuff you have to do. And I would like park in these spots with like literally an inch on either side of the of the box truck. And I would take pictures and like send them to all my friends because I'm like, it's... I don't know. It's fun. Driving, driving, driving trucks is fun. Yeah. Yeah. RVs, whatever. A boat. Love driving a boat. So, but more of the story is to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and to pretty much just kind of be, be pre- stay present and just do yeah. whatever it takes and, and, and do things, help and add value where you can. hundred percent. And don't network, don't network too hard. That's the other thing that I think the people. Well, it's like being at a concert when you meet a musician. It's yeah. like, just be chill. Like yeah. you don't, I mean, you can say what up, get your photo or whatever, but you don't need to, to go over the top. I think it's important for anybody who's in like a creative or even just like a business environment to have like a couple of books, a couple of interesting stories and like ways to connect with other people that aren't just talking about work. Like there's, sure. there's these conversations that happen with people. This is like the moment that I write someone off. I'm like, Hey, how are you doing? And they'll be like, Oh, I'm super busy. And like, don't really, they say they just make small talk and none of it has any substance. But like, if you ask somebody how they're doing and they're like, Oh, I'm doing super good. Like I'm traveling here or like travel is a great one to connect with people on. Like what you're reading is a great thing to connect with people on. Um, but like, People, especially people in high level positions, they don't like you don't go up to a DP on set and like try and talk to him about work because like, yes, he might like go back and forth with you. But like that's all he's focusing on, all he's thinking about and like really needs to be in the zone with that. But For like sure. he would talk about movies that he loves. Right. Like you could be like, oh, what's your favorite blah, blah, blah. And that's the way that I've connected with like a lot of people is like. Well, it's game day too. What inspires you. Yeah. Like it's not, it's, it's not 100%. like it is game day. So you got to realize like certain people, yeah. it's like that's a coach, that's a quarterback. Yep. Saying what's up's cool, like they'll yeah. you know, but to, to to go up there and go up to them on game day and just start talking is yeah. like super reckless. It's yeah. not, we're not just hanging and out. It's not here. even like game day. It's like in out. the middle of the game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, like this is a very serious thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. paid a lot of money for this thing to go down. That awareness is definitely not and or you lack of it, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you learn it fast because people who are like more intense will like be like can you shut up like literally i've had people say that to me and i'm like <laughs> okay <laughs> like i'm not gonna talk anymore but they'll they're not nice about it and and so like being aware like our set and crew and everything was super chill but not everybody is there's definitely people and especially in la that are just like right. if you touch like another thing is like touching stuff that's not in your department yeah like you'll get yelled at i've been yelled at for touching lights touching power stuff touching anything that that what you have to do is you need to know who's in charge of what department so that you can, if you, if you need to move power or even like something as simple as holding the door open. Yeah. Like I had, to, so like the air conditioner wasn't working on our set and so it was super hot. So I was like trying to prop the door 
And I was like about to grab a sandbag and I'm like, you know what? I need to talk to the gaffer because like these are his sandbags. So I went to the gaffer. He physically, even though I saw them and I could have very easily picked it up and like moved it, like he did that because that's his, those are his things. That's his, it's ownership. It's it's, it's for them too. It's like, Hey, there's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. They lose stuff on shoots. It's serious. It's like, Hey, my, I need to know where all my stuff's at. I like, just don't touch anything. Ask me and I'll move it. I'll set it up, whatever you need. But Oh yeah. It's all about that. Communication is important on set. Yeah. Like if he was trying to find that sandbag, and and like needed it for something very important or like had it there for a reason and right. I moved it, he would have been pissed at me. And so I was like, okay, found him. It took longer, but like it was done the right way. It's a small example, but yeah, it's definitely an example. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, so I hear, I don't know if you guys, do you guys get that? like messages from people like when you're out doing something that's like interesting people are like, for how, sure. how did you do this for sure what's your what's your go-to like answer to how do you do this or like, or like I, how, how did you like my thing it's definitely like photographers or people that i meet like in different places but like usually it's like younger people and they're like i want to do what you're doing like how do i do that oh i you just start yeah like so either a you show up on set and, and provide value yeah. Which is normally like a low level running around just doing odd and end things. Which how, is how do you even get the invite to on set? Like you first, you need to move to LA. Yeah. Step one, move to LA. No, I think just knowing, just knowing people in the space, like reaching out to people on Instagram, like that's mm-hmm. a great place to start is mm-hmm. to reach out to people. And instead of, instead of being like, Hey, can I learn from you? Hey, can I, it's just like, Hey, I would love to be a helpful hand on set, run, yeah, grab you guys coffees, gas things up, whatever you need. Like I'm, I'm pretty much will do anything. Mm-hmm. I like, that's what, like, that's what I love to hear. I want to know you're hungry. Like I want someone yeah. to reach out and be like, Hey, I will do anything to be on set. I really want to learn. Give me a job. I promise I won't let you down and I'll take mm-hmm. care of business. Well, we've even I would give that person that, um, when Zach came with Casey yep. for that, when yep. the music shoot and it was like awesome. he just went yeah and he was like he was hungry he wanted to learn he wanted to be helpful and he wasn't like right in the way if anything it was like just complete help yeah so and I, then it's like it's cool because then they can if they're more interested they can get more yeah. involved and if not exactly and if, there's if help, you're helpful yeah if you're helpful and you're like a decent person like you're gonna end That's everything's gonna be start. all right <laughs> like you seriously it's like if yeah. you're just a, a good chill person yep. and you're helpful you're going to be all right. Yep. We, we heard this at a, uh, event the other day, but, but it was one of our clients talking to us and he said, there's two types of people. There's people who make things easier and there's people who make things more complicated. And if you're trying to work on set or in the industry in any way, you should be somebody who makes things easier Yes. for mm-hmm. whoever you're working for, whatever you're doing in production specifically though. There's people who make things easier and there's people who make things more complicated. That's life though. That's business. Like, that's business 101. If you want to, if you want to get promoted, if you want to make more money, like make your boss's life easier. Yeah. It's literally that simple. If you can, if they can sleep better, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be well taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing life is hack. like not like you have to want it. You have to be hungry. But you like, there's like this very fine balance of like being hungry and being desperate and like 
like almost like clingy and like too much. And I think with anything in life, again, like with dating or with these other things, it's like when you hold on to things so tight or are like, I need this. It's like, it's like a weird transaction that like doesn't, it doesn't feel right. And it's like, you don't want, you don't necessarily want those people around people that are too like, I don't know what you call it. Clingy. Yeah. Hold on loosely, but don't let go. Exactly. 38 special. (laughs) They knew it. (laughs) Some butt rock. Yeah. Um, and I think opening your mind to what's possible as well. Like we are, so we hear this a lot when we travel, but we're in Boise, which is like kind of off the grid as far as production. Super goes. off the grid. Like there's not a ton of production happening. We just here. hang out with all the potatoes. Yeah. Potatoes, <laughs> for sure. I'm going to use that. Potatoes. 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 Yes. What do you call that? That was hilarious. Freudian slip. Freudian slip. Yeah. Uh, no, but like we hear this all the time, and I know Prince, you can attest to it too, because we really heard it like yeah. I don't know how many times while we were out there. We're like, we make- oh, we're out here filming a commercial, and they're like, wait, you're from Idaho? Yeah. But it's like, even if you're from a small town, you can no make excuses. things happen. Yeah, yeah. Just there's just there's people that talk about it, and there's people that are about it. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you're at. Like if you're about it, then just be about go it. be about it. Yeah. And yeah. So. So how for for us for AOV being completely from Boise, yeah. We've been able to lock down clients that are mostly either in New York or LA or like China, Tokyo, Taiwan, yeah. <laughs> Taiwan. Mm-hmm. But like what what is that process like? Like how did we get involved and engage work from those people? Uh I mean, lots of different ways. Sometimes through, you know, going to live events. So going to like trade shows and so if you're That's where a lot of it is Prince just yeah. being bold. Yeah, so whatever whatever space you're in, like if you're a wedding photographer, then go to like the wedding expo. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're an agriculture photographer, then go visit the farms or you know go to these events, go to an agriculture conference, go to these places and 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 network and be a value. When I say network, don't like not bad networking where people are just like, hey, what do you do? I do this, great. We should work. Here's my business card. Like, they, no one will yeah, give you their business. I first. guarantee you. I've never given any of those people that like communicate with me that way. I've like that card is going into the trash unless they're just like phenomenal at what they do. And I'm like, Oh, like that's one of the guys like I'll hit him up. Uh, but network and, you know, build relationships. Yeah. That's the, that's the, the big, the big thing. And, and being a value, I think when you need something from someone, I think it's important to, to, to give value up front. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, otherwise, I mean, most people just want to take. So it's like people are always trying to get something for you. And it's like, hey, if you're going to start off relationship like and you want something from me, you should start by giving yeah. something. And I found that to be the most, you know, helpful way is to just and, and, and genuinely helping doing something that's going to help them. And so, yeah, uh, reaching out, providing value yeah. are great ways. I think that life gets a little bit easier when you understand that everything Every interaction, things that you have with people are like a value exchange. And it's not like, I need something from you. It's not like in a manipulative way, but it's just like people that when you work with people, when you do business with people, like you're giving them something and they're getting something from you. That's what friendship is. Exactly. Friendship is the same way. It's just like, all it is is an exchange of value. Yeah. But like with, with people that operate at a high level or like do big things, everyone in their life is trying to take from them. Like everyone they meet, wherever they go, think about what it's like to be a celebrity. People like they might just want to take a picture with that person, but think about how many people a day 
like come up to them, want to have a conversation, want to just like take and be like, oh my gosh, I was just around this person. Mm -hmm. But like, if you can be the one person in their life who has like something to give and like Prince and I for sure have examples of that, of like, we just want to like, we'll just have a conversation. Like you can just unload and let's just talk or like, you know what, can I get you something? Can I get you a water? Can I, whatever it is, like I think having a mentality where you like want to serve and like give back to people, it puts you in a different place in people's mind to where it's a lot easier for them to be like, oh yeah, like I like that guy or like I want to be around this person. It yeah. just, it puts you in a different, in a different category of people. Yep. Givers and takers. So yeah, that would be, uh, that's another major one. I think of just, you know, sharing or adding value to, to people's lives, reaching out to people. Um, how else can, you know, people that want to, get involved with, you know, bigger productions and bigger things, how else might they, you know, get into the action? Yeah. I think along the lines of what you were saying, Prince, it's like being willing to do whatever to start off with. And like, you're not always going to know what you're good at. That's the other thing is like BTS is a big one. So I'll just, I'll give you a quick hack. Like People are always looking for BTS. What's BTS? Uh, so behind the scenes type of footage. So whether whether it's photography or uh, video, almost any you know set, especially if you're decent at what you're like at what you do, and you're not just going to be in the way. Like if you can show up and do like a really dope BTS and like connect, get the shots and whip something up. Like that's a great way to, to be seen, Mm -hmm. um, and to add a lot of value. And, and, and that type of work will also put you in play for other opportunities. hundred percent. I've been on sets too, where the BTS, like B like DPs will do like BTS. And it's a great way to get on a set and like, see how all the lighting and everything looks. And then when you're shooting, like the footage is obviously super beautiful, but you're shooting the crew and stuff. But I've been on sets where the, the BTS shooter is better than the main DP mm-hmm. and like the better than the person whose hands are on like the main camera shooting the main stuff and they have no ego about it. And they're just like, yeah, I'm just here to like, you know, get this stuff. But like, I, I think that's, it's such a huge thing to be willing to do whatever it takes. BTS adds a ton of value because you're connecting with every single person on crew. You're mm-hmm. getting photos, video, you're going to like, it's like a very, it's totally a hack because it's like, you're going to connect with them on Instagram. They're going to see the things you do in the future. You're providing value for each and like the, you know, the sound guy might need new headshots for his whatever. And you're on set with a camera in great lighting. Yep. This is your opportunity to connect with him. Like on this last set, like I shot BTS stuff on the Leica connected with everybody on Instagram and sent them the photos. And they were like, Oh my gosh, these are great. Everyone followed me back. And it was like, now I'm connected with all of these dudes. Yep. So Life yeah, hack. that's a, that's Bio a, like a, that's yeah. a major, that's a major, <laughs> major key right there is, yep. is the, uh, BTS yeah. gift people always give them gifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Invaluable. Whether it's your presence or yeah. Yep. I love that. Hmm. That's good. I think opening, expanding your mind too. this is, <laughs> This is, bless you. Thanks. This is based off a conversation that I've, that's come up a lot, but it's like, people are like, I hear this all the time. I'm like, you might have to push extra hard or like do something extra, do a little bit more than you normally do to like break through this like level and get to the next level. And people are like, I'm already at my like max capacity or I'm already doing everything that I can do. 
And whenever I hear that, I'm like, you need to expand your thinking a little bit more because like, no matter how much you're doing, you can always do more. For sure. That's, I mean, I think that's just people being in their heads too. And, and sometimes like the ego likes to feel that way. Like it's really easy to convince yourself that you're so busy and you can't, Oh, there's nothing else you can. And it's like, that's just not like, stop it. For it's sure. not true. No just, one cares. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, cool, bro. Yeah. Anywho. Well, <laughs> I love when you say anywho. <laughs> anywho. Anywho. I think big, big things require an extra push from, from for yourself, sure. Sure. from other people. Like when you have a team that like thinks greatness. that way. Greatness. Yeah. Greatness <laughs> requires an extra push. Okay. It does though. It, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to, like, a big thing is like a, uh, you read like the War of Art. Yeah. It's like a big challenge and there's a ton of resistance. But once you push through it, it's like you plateau and like you're good for a while. But every time you come up to a new level, like there might be some nights where you have to stay up. There might be some things where you have to work extra hard. And like the more complicated your life gets, the harder it gets. But like, it's a, it's 100% a mentality thing. The same conversation that always comes up. One of the, one of the people I was talking to, they said like, you know, I want to make more money, but I'm already like the contracts I have are probably the highest paying ones. I'm going to be able to get where I'm at. And I was like, as soon as I read that, I was like, "Mm, I, I'm not sure. And then I asked him what it was and it was like a pretty moderate to low number monthly. Like it, it was, it was enough. It'd be like something that would make someone happy if that's all they were doing but it was like not something you could build a business off of. Right. And I was like, I think that maybe you need to think a little bit bigger. And I was like, just, just so you know, in the town that we live in, like I know a photographer who's doing a contract that's, that's 10 times what you're saying. And like, so maybe just expand your thinking just a little bit. And he was like, whoa, all right, cool. But like just knowing that there's more, I think breaks that like kind of glass ceiling too. So yeah. I would say put yourself around people that are doing the cl- the closer you can be to people that are doing what you want to do. It helps break like that's that's one of the reasons I love hanging out with like successful people. It's like it helps me break that like glass ceiling of like, oh, I could never do that. Yep. Yeah. Or even like driving test driving a car. If you're like, oh, I want this car one day, whatever. Like I think the act of being in there and seeing it and smelling it, it like helps you break through that mental thing of like I could never have this or I don't deserve this. It makes you be like, okay, this is very attainable and I could get here. Well, that's all like mindset related things. And it's so important to have a, a large vision. That's why, you know, a lot of people challenge, especially like good friends will challenge you to think bigger, to think bigger, to push harder, to think larger. You know, I have friends that will say something and I'm like, why not, you know, why not raise double that? Or why not ask for twice as much, you know, or whatever it may be. Uh, I had a buddy do it, you know, real time we were talking and I said, you should up the prices of your thing. I took him to a place where people have money and someone loved an item and he told him the price, the new price and dude didn't, you know, didn't even blink. Uh, and that, that's like a perfect example of thinking bigger, like in your head, like oftentimes in our heads, we'll create these stories and that story is like, Oh, my photography is only worth 150 bucks an hour or yep. 10 bucks an hour, whatever you're charging. Right. But the, and, and, and you think you can't charge more than that. You're and they're terrified. 
And then all of a sudden one day they just send it and they go for it and they tell someone that they're $300 an hour or whatever. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, cool. Can you start tomorrow? Yeah. And it's easier. And and you realize it was, it was just in your head. Yeah. And so obviously you have to deliver Yeah, like that. Go, that should go without saying it's an exchange of value though, I guess is, is, is what I'm getting at. So if, as your value increases, as you get better at what you do, don't be afraid to think better, you know, to think bigger, to yeah. charge more and to yeah. do these, yeah. you know, these type these types of things. Yeah. Uh, it takes, it takes confidence and that abundance mindset to, to continue to grow and to achieve the things that you want to achieve. hundred percent. And I think when you're in a higher price category, again, you hold a different place in people's minds. We were talking to like, we did like a, a drink tasting and we were talking to the founders of a, of a company um, this week, seltzer, seltzer, Akave, my boys. Yeah. And, they, and they were saying, uh, like how there's a bar in San Francisco that sells their drink for $9 a can and they move them all day, but then they sell like at a, at like a bodega or whatever for $2 a can. So like my advice to them was like, find more places where you can get the $9 thing. Cause those people, yeah. they get it and they're like, wow, this is so good. And like, it holds a different place in their mind because of what they paid for it. And so they're going to be like raving fanatics and think that it's this, and it is, it is great product, but like, they're going to, they're going to be like, yeah, that is my product. Like, well, if you buy something premium, here's the deal. If you buy something premium, you assume it's going to be good. Even if it, if it's not that good, you'll trick yourself in your, in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Placebo make it good. But if, if you, if you pay for something that's cheap, you're like looking at the details. You're like, what's wrong with this thing? What, like let me take a look at this. And you like, you scrutinize things so much more. Yeah. And so it's a whole different ball game. It's like when you buy things at whole foods, you're like, no matter what it is, you're like, yeah, this feels healthy. Like, you know, yeah. you, just, you treat it differently. Um, charge more bottom line, whatever your prices are, double them. Oh. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I, yeah. So for sure, if you'd like to um, try that, but <laughs> I'm just saying just no, 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 for sure. I yeah, we should try it. But more importantly, just like we, we were talking about mindset of yeah. of thinking bigger and expanding your your dreams and your goals and, and, and constantly, you know, repositioning them. once you, you know, reach a certain goal, you know, up like how, how much can you up? I mean, every six months, every quarter up yeah. your price is 25 bucks an hour, yeah. you know, and be working and there's lots of things you can do, but nonetheless, I think the, 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 what we, the takeaway there was to think bigger and to dream bigger. Um, how do you guys V specifically, how do you think bigger? Like how do do you like have like a vision board or like, do you write down what you want or is it like something that's in your head? What is that like for you? I used to be a lot more vision goal oriented. Yeah. And I think I just kind of got into my groove mm-hmm. and I've stayed there for a while. And I was, it's funny. I was just talking with Liberty about this the other day. Cause I feel at this really awkward spot where I'm happy. I'm content, yeah. but it's feels weird to not have something that I'm scratching for mm-hmm. or not necessarily scratching and clawing for, but like looking out in the <laughs> distance, like, Oh, like, cause you want something to look forward to or to look up to right. an aim. Yeah. And anyways, it kind of just boiled down to the fact that I don't necessarily feel as challenged Mm -hmm. in my, if you just look at like freelance projects or like weddings, that that's just kind of gotten 
like I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know mm. how it's going to work. And before it used to be, like, oh, I want to make this much next year or like I would have goals. Yeah. And then once you hit those goals, it's like, oh, I guess it's not really. And I, yeah. I need like more of a tangible thing that I can like, okay, because yeah. it's not about that. But anyways, we kind of boiled it down to something I've always wanted to do is teach. And so fostering like an environment and people have reached out to me before. Oh, like I'm really interested in getting into videography. Um, but basically allowing myself to create space and even if it's just meeting up for coffee mm-hmm. with someone and just giving them the bare basics of getting started. She just like gave me really good insight into maybe this season's going to look more like this. You're not going to yeah. like have a bunch of busy work, but cause I was feeling guilty kind of stopping and stop <laughs> stuttering. <laughs> I was feeling guilty because I really, I really want to focus on my position here. Yeah. And some of the other like nonprofit stuff my friends are doing but it's really hard to stop doing weddings when you people are like, oh, I love your videos. I love, yeah. but I'm just, I'm done. I need a break, but I feel guilty yeah. stopping that. And so to be able to kind of twist it in a way and be like, instead of me just doing it all, maybe this season is going to look more like multiplying my gift into other people yeah. and inspiring them to get started. Yeah. And that compounds and grows yeah. over time. And you're not always the one having to shoot it, but maybe it's like the people that you trained are the ones who are making those videos. Right. And it's like your stamp just like passed through yeah. different people. Yeah. I think that's good. I, I feel very similar in the sense of like, I used to be like very specific about like a goal or like a thing or whatever. And like, I just did like a little retreat and like kind of re updated my vision board because like a lot of the stuff that was on there like has happened which is really cool and I, I was like very similar place but what I came away with was a lot more like philosophies and like principles and and it was more like not like I want to achieve this but it was like I want to be the type of person that like helps when people ask me and I want to have I need to have the time to help people when they need it or like I want to be the type of person that like creatives can turn to for advice. And so I need to have like, you know, stuff written down or like thoughts. Like I need to, I need to organize my own thoughts around creativity so that I can help when somebody needs it. And it was like very much like, not so much like, Oh, I want to achieve this. I want to do this. I want to be living here, whatever. But it was more like, I want to be the type of person who does these things and like all the rest of stuff. I'm like, it'll all work itself out. Like I don't even really care anymore, but it's like, I do care about the type of person I want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like a very like different. Like you care less about like me, 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 how much I'm going to yeah. make and like all this clout I'm going to have. Yeah. And you care more about what am I going to leave on this earth? 100%. Like that's really what's going to like light yeah. your fire. Make the impact. And like, I, I feel like if you can focus on the important things, like success is going to come no matter what. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you, if you're intentional and like all the, all the things, whatever, like you'll be successful but it's like when you're successful, who are you going to be? And I think it's really easy to lose touch with that, especially as you start to like get more successful. Like people start to become like worse people. And it's because like there's there's less checks and balances. I don't remember who we had that conversation with. I had I think it was Daniel. But they work with like a lot of like hip hop artists and like all this stuff. 
And like one of the things they said was like a very consistent thing is like people just won't show up for interviews yeah. or like they'll be trying to do something forever and it'll just never happen. And it's like, there's just not, and there's always wild things that happen like with, with art, with artists and all of this stuff. And they get, they get more and more yes people around them and no one keeps them in check and they can just kind of, they're free to just do whatever they want. It was with Andrew and we were talking about politicians. That's what it was. And I was like, I would never want to be a politician because it's like the things you have to do to get there. And then the type of person that you are when there's everyone around you, just like telling you how great you are and always thinking you're the most amazing thing. Like I wouldn't want that because it literally would make you into a bad person. And so my thing is like, how do I stay a good human? I want to be successful. I want all these things, but I also don't want to lose the actually important stuff of like, what are my principles? Right. That's solid. It's important. Yeah. I think thinking, thinking bigger and stuff too also is it goes back into that mindset. And I think there's a, there's a process for, I think success is in the process, right? It's not a destination. And when you have, when you understand what that process looks like, you're kind of always thinking bigger. Uh, like an example, like today we're at, you know, Boise Juice Co. this morning and that kid messed up on the order and was like, oh, like I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry I messed. I'm like, dude, you didn't mess up at all. You crushed it. That's a a huge order. You just took like 12 orders of all these different things. Like, and he was just like, oh, man, like, thank you for that. Like, thank, like, he felt like he was still really hard on himself. And I was just like, yeah. dude, like, you're good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I think that's a perfect example of, of thinking bigger is like, not, it's not just like a selfish thing. It's, mm. it's, it's a thing it's a thing that you can bring to, to everyone and thinking bigger could be as simple as it's a gift. It could be as simple as like not focusing on the negative. Like you might have a friend who's like down and focusing all their energy on whatever bad thing and thinking bigger could just be like being the person that's like, yeah, like <laughs> let's look above this. Like this, yeah. it's no big deal. Uh, and I think that in itself is, you know, is a great thing. So I think everyone should think bigger because it also helps. It's not just for you. It's for everyone around you and the community as a whole. Mm. That's good. Something that helped me the other day. Cause I think a lot of times I'll get into a zone where I'm like, just like stop focusing on like this one little thing that's going wrong, be grateful. And then I'll go through like all these things, like all the house I live in, I'm able to like live with my cousin right now and I have such a good group of friends. I love this city. Like you kind of go through those things and Mm. then it puts you in a better mood. But sometimes it's just like, you just want to not be in a great mood. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of talking like as an extreme example, but yesterday I was, I remembered all these things like from like five years ago, like or in college. And I just, like just remembering where I came from to where I am today, that flipped. I have had the best week. I'm like, I am thriving yeah. for me right now. Yeah. Like not compared to anyone else. I'm yeah. just comparing it to my past, like past self. five years ago, Viera versus today. Like I should be so pumped. I never would have thought like this would be taking place that. And it's like kind of nice to just remember where you came from. For sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yep. It helps keep you grounded. Too. Where were you five years ago, DJ? Uh, what year is it? <laughs> 2021. <laughs> yeah, I was not in a great place. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, can we take oh. a- <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready to get sad? No. no, I'm just kidding. No, I was, uh, I was working at an agency at five years ago 
Yeah. And yeah. I, that was like the end of my kind of agency career. The thinking bigger is also part of just like kind of just being in, in, in flow. All I can handle is reaction and like things happen all the time and it's really no big deal, you know? And so it's, it's important for us not to get worked up in these small moments. And like, that was like a super simple deal, you know, but sometimes you buy things and you leave the store and they break or whatever, like breaking your car or something, someone breaks into your car, like whatever, like things just happen all the time. And it's important to think bigger, I guess, or to, 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 to think above the, the pollution, I guess, of the negative thought. I call it scientific thinking. I call it thinking for results. And so when you think for results, like you, you focus on the ideal. So I could be talking to someone and I'm like, okay, this person's maybe a little annoying or maybe a little too talkative for me right now, but at the same time, like maybe they're super talented or maybe this or maybe that. And I can focus on that rather than, but we, like as, as a society, for some reason we like to magnify the negative and things. And most of us will zoom in and really focus on the negative Mm -hmm. versus focusing, you know, on the positive. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to like volunteer and help or like do things for people that are way less fortunate because it really, it, for me, it makes things, it really puts things in perspective. You like, gotta stop talking like that. You're what? gonna keep getting more DMs. <laughs> I just really think it's nice to help the less fortunate. <laughs> he means it. I just can't I'm not just time. talking out my ass though. Like, no, and earlier he's people. like, and I love to drive boats. I love. I do. <laughs> I love driving. Come on. No, but like, it's it puts things into perspective to me when something goes wrong, I'm always like, it could be worse. Like I could be homeless. And that's like my, maybe not the best way to think about it, <laughs> but I'm always like, I used to say this too. Like I had a friend who's like going through a bunch of stuff and I would tell her, I'm like, well, it could be worse. Like you could be on meth. <laughs> like True. it could all, and like really it could literally, I've heard always get worse. Always. Always. Like, no even, matter where you're I at. I mean, we even laughed our butts off that one day. We were in Seattle, I think, in that cruise America. Uh-huh. And we were emptying out. We were emptying the out the sewage. And there was splattering everywhere. It got <laughs> on my legs. And we were just. <laughs> yeah, that's a but day. it's like, even. Yeah, you were like this. <laughs> I can't say that word on air. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> You can. It could always be worse. It could. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But it's like things like that. It's like, honestly, this is funny. Yeah. So (laughs) I'm curious. What do you guys think about? So I just saw this thing. uh, I heard about it the other day. I just kind of briefly glanced at it. So Facebook dedicates $1 billion to content creators to generate a new revenue stream. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. It, basically the program intends to shape Facebook as the best platform for millions of creators to make a living writes Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg. They're so late. They're so late to the party on paying yeah. creators. And I mean, it's a good thing. Like I'm, let's say this, I'll start with the positive. I'm stoked to, I'm stoked to see a billion dollars go into the creator mm-hmm. economy. So like, you know, that's awesome. And hopefully everyone can get a little bag out of this, but I also, I also like, they never release any details when they say things like this, like, okay, like what is this 1 billion for? Like what type of creatives, what type Who of content, did you give it to? how are you, how, how are you paying it out? Like what, like how does this really work? Yeah. Uh, and why now? Like you guys have been the platform your creators have been using because other platforms platform. are doing it and now they're trying to keep up. And so I have, I personally have nothing bad to say about Facebook or Instagram. I think they're great. 
they're doing everything right. They see Snapchat doing this. They see TikTok doing this. For sure. And it's very successful. The problem I see with Facebook is they've they've gotten to this place in people's ma- minds. Their brand is like super diluted right now to where I don't think any creators are excited to post on Facebook. And I've noticed less and less excitement no around posting to Instagram. A lot of what I hear is more like it's anxiety inducing. It's stressful. Like the engagement's down. It's just overall like not a great experience for people. And I think that they need to work on that first before just like giving people money to just create for the, for the platform because it's like, it's not going to be authentic. It's not going to be great. It's not going to be real content. And so I think that like Snapchat's doing the same thing. Like we've had a bunch of conversations about this, but like the Snapchat's they've always, I feel like have have, like from the beginning have paid creators to do things. And it's a different experience on Snapchat. I feel like to where it's not about likes. It's not about like dopamine hits. It's really about just communicating with people and like younger people are way more connected to Snapchat than, than like people more our age. But it's just a different experience. It holds a different don't place in people's minds. Don't want being mind. to your age. What? what? I'm not in my 30s. Yeah, I said don't want <laughs> being to your age. Do you use Snapchat? No. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I have it. I have it. So, but I, I just hardly ever get on it. Yeah. But my cousin, that is like That's the number texting. one form of communication. Yep. yep. Like, and it's constant all day, every day. And I've watched it with other yeah. kids too. It's like. It's on a, it's on a tear right now to where like, I've just, I've just been posting like pretty similar content to what I post on my Instagram story, but like it started off like two or three viewers and it's probably at like 40 sometimes now where like just people that are actually on the app using it. And obviously I'm connected with more people, but like now people are really paying attention. Do you message people back and forth on it too? Sometimes I do, but it's mostly just the story. But what I've noticed is I get way more like if I were to post something, I would get more responses and like DMS and whatever you want to call it, more snaps from a story post there than on Instagram, like a ton more. And it's like more. And I've seen what happens when you post a story on Instagram. <laughs> Stop that boy. He is like, <laughs> it's be- the engagement. It's more real. I would say it's more like authentic. It's more real. It's more real on what's more re-engagement. Yeah. Everybody, we're moving so over to this? Snapchat. So, have you guys heard that TikTok's going to be says behind TikTok sweeping new controls on influencer marketing? So they're like TikTok, I guess, has like the strictest rules, and they have some new guidelines that are going to be starting here soon that are pretty uh, intense on influencer marketing. Have you heard about that? Mm-mm. Well, we should figure that out. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, in recent days, TikTok has gained attention for banning influencers from promoting investment. And cryptocurrency oh, promotion yeah, yeah. on the friendly app. As it turns out, those changes are part of a sweeping new policy TikTok has yep. quietly implemented to take greater control over a range of influencer activities, covering everything from legal services to dating brands. Yep. I have heard this. It's more just the the things that didn't have any regulation before that kind of like it's stuff. Just like it's been, an ad. It's stuff Facebook's been doing forever. Same yeah. thing. It's like you can't even like weight loss, like dating stuff, the crypto advice, like. Which that makes sense. Yeah. Because brands are trying to exploit creators for <laughs> to do their to do their dirty work. Yeah. Which is smart, but it's like you just have to be ethical also. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of important. Yeah. 
Especially long-term games. I mean, short-term, whatever. Yeah. But Facebook's just frustrating to me. Like, it's very frustrating that they don't care about their product. Like, they they really, it's very They do care about their product. Their product is their ad platform, and but they care a lot about exactly. it. Exactly. That's the only thing they care about, though. They don't care about Instagram. They don't care about Facebook. <laughs> they don't care about people, engagement. It's, like, literally all about. They don't care about people. They don't. <laughs> Who doesn't? Facebook. Instagram. That's just so Mark is great, okay? <laughs> you know, I'm kidding. Like this right, is all. Right. Let's move well, on. I can't. They don't. Well, yeah, they're users. We we don't need to. Everyone knows. It's not that hard though to like show people's content to people that are following. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I literally see the worst content. But the, the, on they didn't build Instagram. They didn't build these platforms for their users, though. They built them Tom for did. Their, Tom they, built MySpace they for built his them for users. Their customers. <laughs> no, but it's like it the, would not be that. Like literally, I see. I follow like meme pages sometimes. I see those more than anything else, and like other trash content from people that I'm like, I should have unfollowed this person a long time ago. Mm. But like, it's never good content that I see anymore. It's always, I'm always getting served like, especially on their search feeds, low value. How content. you guys, how do you expect him to give a billion dollars away? A billion. If he doesn't make a billion dollars. Yeah. yeah but it's I'm not just even a dirty ads. cycle. This is what it comes back down to is we just need to hang out with people in person. That's true. Right? Yeah. So, so DM us if you want to hang out. DM more. <laughs> On other notes, events are slowly starting to come back. Yes, they are. We have some brands talking about doing some events. So uh, we're working on the details, but we may be announcing something here in the next few weeks. Um, we may be having, you know, and it won't be like a large scale events like we've done in the past, um, just given the circumstances. But we might have some some cool, uh, more, you know, s- smaller setting, uh, but definitely good vibes. And so we might have a little event coming up. So stay tuned for that. Live podcast, maybe. Live podcast. Yeah. Live podcast. Cool. Question and answers. Uh, comedy. Live comedy skit after our podcast. Sure. No, it's just going to, it's going to be, I get to roast DJ. TJ has to sit in the hot seat and I get to roast him. Yeah, that sounds like I get like to a, grab so his phone fun. and go through DJ's his single, DMs so in front of to, everybody. It's easy to roast <laughs> DJ. This is just has more content on it's him. So I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> you just got a lot, you got a little more going on in your, in your It's so fun, life. honestly. Yeah. yeah. Love that for me. <laughs> um, anything else we want to? Content. Content. Content recommendation. Okay, everybody. Content for the week. You're welcome in advance for what you're about to hear. Don't worry about a thing. You have to see his face too. Feel it, oh birds. Just Google it. I'm pretty sure if you just go to YouTube and search "little boy singing Bob Marley," it'll pop up, and it will. It he sings to your soul, 
and you're like, I, I know every little thing is going to be all right. Literally literally every little thing. I'm trying to see. I didn't consume much content this week because we were out in LA working, but, uh, I was in Boise just. Relaxing. Scrolling the gram. <laughs> I was just all over. Um, scrolling the gram. We got recommended a book, Rocket Fuel. Yes. About that. I haven't read it yet, but it's about business growth. We had a few recommendations. Oh, we did. I know one that Prince has really been recommending a lot of people. Which one? Um, I want to say it was called Bushwhacker's Guide. Bushmaster. Oh, the Bushwhackers. The Bushmaster. Bushmaster's Guide. The Bushmaster's Guide. Yo, DJ and I are Bushmasters. Wait. Wrang- wrangle him, mangle him, <laughs> and strangle, strangle him. him, and dangle him. That's a great book. <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to get outside, Bushmaster's Guide. Honestly, just take that advice to life. Mangle <laughs> it, strangle it, and dangle it. <laughs> That's it. That was <laughs> that was awkward. <laughs> so I'm, get, I'm getting back on my reading game. So so am I. So I'm reading Armada right now. Have I talked about this one on here? The sci-fi book where the world is being uh, there's an alien invasion coming, and they've basically been prepping. They've been prepping us for like the last two decades with these alien, these first shooter video games. And they're at to the point where the video games are so intense. Uh, and then this real life alien invasion happens and guess who the soldiers are. They basically go and recruit that because they have like the scoreboards and all this stuff like Call of Duty and things like they know who all the top players are in the country. And they basically go out to all these people that are like these top players and they're like, hey, alien invasions happening. We need you guys to come and basically run our drones and, and our and our in our vehicles for the military. So all these gamers become like the head military warriors and are like in a space Kinsey. battle She's like with so good. with these UFO like with this alien invasion and it's pretty it's pretty wild especially can like it's a really cool book I think you great concept would they do you On think here? that I with think the aliens you guys come, they'd be it. okay if we played in core mode <laughs> I have no idea what you're even talking about I don't either my cousin <laughs> just told me last night corn mode <laughs> core there's core mode and core. hardcore mode oh in gaming yeah in Call of Duty, I think it was. Oh, Gosh, yeah. I wish. It's like basic mode. Like you don't run out of bullets. She said, and then hardcore, you only get two bullets. That's and wild. I'm sorry for everybody. If I'm saying this wrong, I'm sure it's really annoying. None of us are gamers. Speak for yourself, bro. I was a Starcraft. <laughs> I was a Starcraft legend back in my day. Dang, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super cool. I actually loved, is it King Kong? Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. That's what I meant. <laughs> Didn't love it that much, apparently. <laughs> I did not. I I'm, like the old, I'm talking the, about the old one where you had to, it was almost like, looked yeah. like a cassette and it was just this tiny little. Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Yep. That's what I mean. Yeah. The NES. Yeah. I played, I played Grand, the last game that I really got into was Grand Theft Auto. Mm. And I think content? that's what the new Grand Theft Auto is your content for the week. That actually, the new I saw some videos of it. It looks really cool. It's like modeled really. So San Andreas is the is like the OG one. I think that was four maybe was San Andreas. The new one is like modeled after LA, and it's like a proper like model. Grand Theft Auto. I feel like changed culture for sure. Like it brought it brought the street culture into every, sure. everyone's living room. Well, it sparked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, it sparked for me though that the San Andreas one like really made me like LA 
Cause yeah. I felt like I was just wandering around LA and like the whole thing. And I, it yeah. honestly like sparked some kind of love in me for the city. But the new one is like, is like an actual model of LA. So Which, San Andreas was like the neighborhoods were kind of like named similarly, but the new one is like full on, like you're mm-hmm. just in LA hanging out you can go to like celebrity houses and all that. That's, that's my content, I guess. Word. Grand Theft so, Auto. Yeah. GTA, GTA, Armada, and then Baby Sings. Uh, content for the baby. I'll have more. Toddler boy. I'll have more next week. I'm getting back on my book reading. I'm trying to do one a week. And nice. Yeah. Back on it. All right, bro. One a week. All right. Um, well, you don't believe me? No, I believe I you. Do. I do. I believe you. I guess it just depends on what book you're reading, but like one a week, I mean, it's kind of just... I can read and and with high comprehension pretty fast. I'm yeah. not trying to flex, but but like, I've done seventy five hard twice. <laughs> <laughs> I only did it once, and screw you. <laughs> no, you, you have to read ten pages a day. It's a lot to like take committed to. So then you honestly, it's a good habit. Mm-hmm. I'm, like I roast. I roast. <laughs> I roast with love. It's I did. Like serious, I did one year. I did one year where I read where I read one book every week, and it was really uh, good. I'm just. I'm yeah. Comprehension is good. It's not. I'm not just like re- if I'm not reading it to like understand it, then it's right. pointless. No, I was. I was more or less just like there's different size books. Like some totally. books you can read in a week, and then there's just some books like it's just like bro, you, yeah. That's not if it's if it's super week. big, I'd split it up over two weeks. Yeah. Nice. Like more than 300 pages. But I think 300 pages is very doable in a week. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the AOV podcast or another episode of the Creator Clubhouse <laughs> podcast. Uh, I know we've been gone like the last two weeks, but we're back in the office. And uh, yeah, we have some good guests lined up for you guys coming up in the next few weeks. Um, if you guys want to hear any specific topics, do let us know. Um, holler at us on Instagram at Art of Visuals, or you can reach us personally on Twitter or Instagram. My personal is at Wonderboy Prince. DJ, this is war. T H S is war. He's about to read off his phone number for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, v just wants the content. Yeah. You can find Viera in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> Good luck. That's it. Leave it at that. Yeah. I love that. That's it. I love it. Viera in Boise. All right, guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.